recently spoken to Andy Morrison, the manager at Coniskey. Today I'm lucky enough to be joined by the director of football at Coniskey, Jay Catton. Jay, thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem, Colin. Looking forward to it. First of all, as a football fan, I'm interested to know what is the role of director of football like from your perspective and what does it involve? Yeah, it's it's a different role at a number of different clubs. Uh, Calum, you know, it's it's known as director of football. Some clubs, sporting directors, others, chief execs. Um, some have roles in academy and first team. It's, it's sort of an evolving role, really. And um, with myself at Conkey Nomads, the role is the running of day-to-day operations at the whole club. Um, overseeing academy as co-director for as well. Um, linking the first team work. Uh, work alongside Andy and Craig on first team duties reporting into chairman, owner, secretary and, and sort of day-to-day running of the club and, and keeping it all together and, and working together for the, the ultimate goal for all the ages and all the sections of the football club. One of the things that everyone, especially fans, you know what fans are like, want to know with director of football is your role when it comes to recruitment. Do you work alongside Andy or do you get a say in some players or how does that work? Who, who drives recruitment? Yeah, so as I said, at our place, some clubs like football is solely responsible for the recruiting of players alongside chief scouts. That's not really our role at our football club. You know, we're sort of a part-time slash full-time model, so the recruitment is is always a collaborative effort. Um, Craig's brought in a number of players since coming in from his side, and he's brought a number of players. We've had a number of players previously at the football club. We have players coming through from the academy. So everything's all collaborative effort, and I think the key with any sign at any club is once we make a signing, it's unanimously together as a joint decision, and whether that signing is a positive, negative, because not every signing works, you know, that's football. But whatever happens, it's a it's a joint effort, and there's there's always that collaboration from everyone to to try and bring in the right people, and not just the right players. You know, I think that's the key thing at any club now is to is to recruit with the person first. You know, what are they going to give to your club? What are they going to give with the image? How are they going to conduct themselves? And, you know, we're very, very fortunate. Connors Key, that's been a big part of our recruitment. And we've got a very, very talented group of players, but more importantly, a really good set of good people. You mentioned the the the, the importance of characters and, and checking out the character of a player before they sign. In terms of your role, if you're, say, for instance, Andy or Craig says they want a player from a certain club, do you maybe phone the club, a club or two they've been at before and just try and delve into their character a wee bit a wee bit deeper before you then yeah. sign them? 100%. 100%. And, it's the, and again, that's across all sectors. So we'll speak to anyone that we know that may have known the player, worked with the player. Like most clubs, you look on the social media platforms. You know, that's quite a... A go-to one nowadays to see what's the sort of history, how they conduct themselves, and yeah, it's all it is, especially from our recruitment point. Anyway, it's all about the person. You know, we're very, very fortunate football club. We've got, we've signed a number of players that have been here and are not just done well here, but stayed for a long period. You know, in the last five years, we've signed players such as George Haran, Danny Harrison, Michael Wilde, who've had great careers and, and are very much leaders both on and off the pitch. Uh, but as well as that, recruited some younger, exciting talent who didn't quite make the grade at professional clubs, where they had scholars who like Chris Owens, who was at Liverpool, uh, Lewis Brass, who had a period at Sunderland, and like hundreds of thousands of players out, didn't quite make that mark. And very, very good characters, spoke to the coaches as well, spoke to people who worked with them. And then when you bring those people in and give them that opportunity for another shot at senior full time football, you know, they grow up with both hands. And 
you know, as you said, this amount of time we've got a very, very strong squad of, of players, but more importantly, strong squad of people. You mentioned having a strong squad of people, and George Haran is is one of your your senior members of the squad. He's a legend at Chester Football Club. He won three league titles back to back there. Just how important is it to have experienced players like, like George in your squad to to mentor younger players coming through? Uh, yeah, it's so important. You know, a lot of clubs say it that uh, the senior players run the dressing room, the senior players lead. They're the example for the younger players to to follow and to emulate and. As you say, George is a great example for us because George actually, you know, started very early on at Connorsky. Um, he was at the football club in his late teen, early twenties, and then he went to Real. <clears throat> that was a fantastic period there, winning the Welsh Premier, Real Football Club. Then moved to Chester, as you say, with the three promotions. He's a bit of a legend figure there, along with Michael Wilde, he's with ourselves as well. And then to come back and do what he does here at the football club with four European adventures. Um, the success win the Welsh Cup win the League Cup within his captain has been great but you know, we've been very fortunate over the years because we have signed well and we've signed people like George uh, like Danny Harris and Michael Wise said previously um, like John Danby who was a goalkeeper for a number of years as well and these are all key key signings in the build up and you know to this day uh, how they conduct themselves and train the senior boys are very very fortunate you know just signed Craig Curran as well who's come in has been fantastic and we've got a second batch of what we would, you know, sort of the pre-senior boys that are really making their own mark now in people like Callum Morris and Jay Owen, who's been at the club also for a number of years. And it's a key it's a key attribute, you know, longevity of a football club. Any player that can have sustained success is always a, a key a key trait to a successful player and successful person. And unfortunately at the moment at the football club, we've got a number who are on that track and perform really well. And we've also got a number of the young younger players or newer players that, that look to be making their own mark over the coming years to be really solidified and, and push to be top pros and top uh, top senior players. One of the things I was really impressed by when I visited the club was the real push to upgrade the academy structure and to really focus on producing the next wave of young talent because Welsh football is booming at the moment. The success you've had in Europe in recent years is the academy a big fu- a big future um, project that Connors Key are going to invest a lot of time and money into? Yeah, massively. You know, the academy at our football club is as important, if not one of the most important factors of the whole football club. You know, it's all well and good having a first structure that's doing well but that's been based on nearly a decade of work by so many people in building the academy structure up, our scholarship structure up, that has allowed our first team to go full-time, and everyone's pushed the grade as well. You know, we're, we're fortunate as well, being a, a welsh family club, you know, we don't have huge finances, um, but in recent years, we've sold re-series Cardiff City. Uh, we've recently, uh, through the EPPP training compensation packages, received funding for Lewis Lloyd, uh, Louis Lloyd, sorry, he went to Shrewsbury Town and Ben Thompson, who signed for Fleetwood so the academy, as well as uh, producing top players for Connorsky Football Club, we've also produced a number of players that have moved on to play um, Football League, Premier League and it's a fantastic avenue you know, we've got a great academy structure you know, we've got now 28 members of staff, all the way from 8 all the way to 19s, we've got 4A licensed staff, uh, 18B licensed staff, remaining C licensed so the standard is growing and growing in the academy, like any football club, is a key part of that. And this season alone, we've had four debuts at the at the first team level. In Connor Hall, we're starting against Barry Town. Sam Williams coming on away to Barry Town. 
Max Moore away at Airbus and his start debut as well for Eric Murner, our 17-year-old number two goalkeeper. So it's great. And the key thing for us at the football club and a big shift from the academy is that when these academy players have made the grade, they've all played in winning games. So they're not so congestious. They've come on. They've done, done the work, done the professionalism, performed to the levels required that have ensured the first in game three points. And that's due to so many people's work at the foundation phases, at the youth phase, at the senior phase, all pushing through to give them that opportunity, which a number have taken, we hope, for, for more to do in the coming years. Just how important is the scholarship programme that you're running in partnership with colleague Cambria? Because it's something that really interests me, the idea of a scholarship programme running hand-in-hand with a football club. Yeah, it was. Um, we're actually in for six years of the programme now, um, working alongside say, our partners, Colin Cambria, and it's been a huge success. You know, it was an idea that a lot of clubs, obviously professional clubs, have scholarships, and it's the first step to full-time football. Our model and mindset was slightly different. Um, our model was that we felt a lot of scholarships were not there for the good of the players. Um, you know, it's all well and good having one in the first team, but how can we affect the bigger group, the bigger area that they move on to careers and whatnot. So our scholarship program is actually based on an American student-athlete model. So our players attend College Cambria and actually, unlike most scholarships that can only do level three sport or level two sport, our student-athletes can do any A-level course they wish, any level two or level three diploma they wish. So, you know, we've got some some kids that are doing, some players that are doing A-levels in numerous subjects, we've got some doing engineering, plumbing, vast array of different uh, specialities they wish to do. Now, the football works alongside that. So they train Monday morning, Monday evening, Tuesday evening, playing a Wednesday college league, have a recovery day on a Thursday, train on a Friday, and then they represent our 18 or 19 on a Saturday and Sunday. So it's a pro we're really proud with. Uh, we've had 12 graduates into the first team from that. We've had over 30 players represent Wales at college and schools levels. And one of the biggest achievements from our point is we've uh, graduated from Colley Cambria, over 70 students now following this year. Um, and with that, there's over 20 that are at UK universities and 12 that are now currently flying their trade on American scholarships. So it's a fantastic programme. Uh, so many people have been involved from day one, um, from when we founded it with myself, Daniel Reese, my great coach, Zazine Bennett. And then this year we've had our new full-time member staff, Gareth Richards, who's done a great job this year. We support him coaches such as Richard Sarto, Antonio, Jordan Parry, Leighton Sumner, some really, really good guys. So it's a really fun programme and we're looking forward to the future of what, what it holds and, and lots more players coming through. I want to talk now about you personally, Jay. You you actually played with the Nomads, but you had to take on a coaching role because I think it was four knee operations you had. How tough was that mentally and physically to end your career early? Yeah, it was it was tough, you know, like anyone. So I'd actually played at the clubs and juniors and what was then a county academy system from sort of 8 to 19, uh, 20 years of age. Um, I actually made the first in February at 17, I think it was. Um, under manager Neville Powell and I played a handful of games in, in Welsh Cup, League Cup, Welsh Premier um, at quite a young age but unfortunately it was a game you know, at the 21s at a time and I'd, uh, against TNS and I'd fallen and, and done a crucial injury on my right I'd come back a few uh, six, twelve months later did the same on my left and then tried to carry on playing when I was at university in Preston unfortunately it happened on, on both knees again and, and sort of the full time that was a, 
a case where the surgeon said, look, this is, you know, you, you go on terrorist, you know, it's going to affect your later life, uh, let alone playing football. So um, it happened, you know, it was always a, a very, you know, as honest as the games are playable, very average and ultimately coaching was always my route. You know, at the age of 15, um, I would actually started coaching the first ever leaders of all back then and coached the junior league team, Conversky Tigers, and from that, I think, grew into roles in the academy, doing a sports coaching degree. Uh, and science degree at UConn University Central Lancashire in Preston, having six months in America, working with LA Galaxy Development Program then and the MLS, and then returned to, to have roles in the academy and moved up obviously to first team level and, and has grown. So yeah, it's been um, coaches have been absolutely privileged. You know, so I absolutely love and the run of the football club and how Conskey's grown has been has been huge huge success for everyone involved. You mentioned the success of the growth of Connors Key, and I just want to ask you, uh, Jay, what about your love of the club? Because obviously you've been at the club now for for many years in different capacities. Just, just what does the club mean to you? Um, yeah, you know, it means it means everything because we've what we've what we have achieved at the football club has affected hundreds, thousands, even now of um, players, coaches, fans. You know, it's an ever-growing football club, and I think when we look back, there was a so ten years ago, just under ten years ago, when we actually, you know, when I first came in, and and we had no academy, you know, we had one team, and it was myself only, um, and our first team. I just joined in with Mark McGregor, and we'd, you know, we just won the league to go up, and had a, a notice that we'd actually failed to go into the Welsh Premier due to licensing reasons, and if you look from that point of view, where we were, how low we were. And to how we've grown and how everyone's contributed is, is quite a fairy tale story, really, because you know they, they were really difficult times. You have to get an academy off the ground for nothing. We had to go again with the first team where you'd have the negative of not getting promoted due to a licensing reason, which was still to this day for me is one of the biggest achievements we ever did with the football club because to get up again from the what was then coming Alliance, now coming north, was a huge achievement. And then year by year we've been able to grow and step and progress and from our survival in Welsh Premier the first few years when we did get promoted to the playoffs and we just missed out the semis to win the playoff final against Airbus still to this day one of the biggest games in the club's history where you know Ty really turned West Bay's winner so then all the adventures that we've had you know the, the European adventures uh, the Iron Brew adventures the winning of the Welsh Cup winning of the League Cup have all been built over the last sort of 10 years of work and I said I'm, I'm privileged to be part of that and we're very fortunate the football club to have so many top staff, top people, uh, top players that continue the success. You mentioned the success you've had in the last decade. It's been incredible and one of the things I was really impressed by when I came down to the club was was how welcoming everybody was from yourself, Andy, Craig to the, to the volunteers at the club, Roma, John, Trevor, everybody just was so welcoming. Is that tight-knit family group behind the scenes a big part of the success? Oh, massively. You know, massively. And I think that's any the sign of any successful football club. You know, it's the the off-the-pitch as well as on-the-pitch. You know, it's all well and good people seeing the first-team 11 players on that day and maybe the subs who come on and the staff on the side of the pitch that day. But for a football club to be successful, there's so many more people involved. You know, as you said... We've got fantastic people as Roma and John Gray, who've given huge at the club, um, off the field. You know, John was previously chairman, and they were both pivotal in the in the groundwork of the Key 3G, which is our new hub 
for all the academy and first things on their own training venue. As well as that, off the pitch, we've got legendary people such as John Nixon or Kitman Malata, who's been at the club 20, 30 years, Hall of Famer. And as well as that, and Trevor Green also, who does a licensing previous secretary. And I'm sort of into the, the new era as well. You know, we've got a new chair in Victoria Roycroft. Um, a new secretary in Tom Hewton who've been put into roles which were, which were new to themselves that they're fully immersed themselves in. Because at Welsh Premier level and European level, the off-the-field work is a challenge. You know, licensing requirements, medicals, it's all, all part of it. So the off-field team and on-field team are very close. We all work together uh, to get that goal. You know, that's all under the guile of our owner, uh, Gary Dewhurst, who's, who's run the club, funded the club and pushed the club to new level since his ownership for over 10 years now. Absolutely, and the success is, is, is there for all to see. I want to talk to you about the European adventures, beating Stabæk in Norway. What was that like? Because I spoke to Andy recently and, and he was telling me one of the best days of his life. Uh, yeah, hard to disagree. Um, it was a bit of a crazy time, really, because we, as a football club, only a few weeks prior had beaten Airbus in the playoff final. Uh, to actually make Europe, so I remember from that point we beat Airbus, enjoyed the Sunday, and then it was straight back to it on the Monday, planning, preparing, and we we'd never done Europe before. Going out to Geneva, the draw, all part of it, all experience, having to host a European tie again, all the all the challenges around that, all part of it. But yeah, the Stabæk journey was 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 incredible, and it and it is historic really because the first game. At home, where we drew nil-nil, was was an incredible achievement in itself to play a team of that standard and keep a clean sheet and stay in the game. Still, at that point, when we actually travelled away, um, I believe the odds on the day were thirty-three to one, which sort of tells its own story as well. And you know, but we we worked so hard and we planned so well and we we recruited well with extra players who came in that summer, the players that we had on two-year deals that carried into it. And, you know, like every week, the work that, that Andy did and how we led the team, how we planned the, um, his method of planning and his game plan worked an absolute treat. And at 1-0, you know, when we, when we did win, it was it was quite a, a surreal moment. And I think all was on the pitch. I think I stayed on the pitch when everyone went and it was it was quite hard to take in. But, but I also remember getting back to the hotel that night and we had the joy of, right, you and I are going to get to Serbia in three days. So something that no one had planned for. We then had that challenge, but it's fantastic and it's, it's what you want to be part of. And, and those nights and those experiences, ultimately, it's not that one night, that's a year of work, you know, from pre-season, the year before, from the season, from qualifying for Europa League, giving yourself that opportunity. And then when those opportunities do arise, taking them. And, and that night was a, was a historic night. And I believe with the only Welsh club in European history to, to keep two clean sheets in a round. So that's something which is which is in the record books as well. Absolutely, an incredible achievement. And before we come to Fico Marnock, which was an inc- another incredible achievement, I want to talk about the, the Scottish Challenge Cup and what it's been like to be involved in that. You, you've obviously been very successful in it. You got to the final against um, Ross County up in Inverness, Andy's home uh, place of birth. I mean, what's it been like playing against Scottish teams and being involved in the in the Scottish football setup? Yeah, well, we've absolutely loved every second of our Ironbury experience. Um, or what Ironbury, what it was last year, uh, Wave Cup this year. So, you know, last year, the run that we had to the final, um, defeating Falkirk away, was an incredible victory. You know, we started the ball rolling. 
Um, I believe in the third round then hosted Coleraine at home, which was a fantastic attendance for the football club. We then played at Hampden Park in uh, the quarterfinals, where we beat Queen's Park 2-1, which again was another experience just playing there in itself, to the semi-final when we hosted Edinburgh, where we actually had a record attendance at Seaside Stadium, uh, winning on penalties, and then on to the final where we faced, you know, a, a formidable Ross County team, you know. Um, but again, on, on reflection on the day and shows how far we came, we're probably a little bit disappointed because our game plan had worked and we, we found ourselves one the up, but the quality that they had and, you know, we a Scottish Premier, we just couldn't quite hold out for that last 20 minutes, I think it was, that they scored the, the three goals. But an incredible experience, you know, and, and this year included, Loved every minute, and we're you know, quite privileged and proud that we've won the league cup this year. It guarantees our entrance into the competition next season. So yeah, a, a great, so many great experiences. Fantastic country. Uh, the Scottish people have always welcomed us so well, and you know we're really looking forward again to next season to having a, a third crack at it. Absolutely. You, you mentioned the fact that you've been welcomed in Scottish football, and you, you gathered a bit of attention, as you say, when you beat Falkirk and you got to the final, but. That attention from maybe the clubs that are outside the top flight was ramped up tenfold when you, you drew Kilmarnock in the Cup. Kilmarnock obviously beating you with two late goals down at the D side. Did you ever think you had a chance at Rugby Park of causing the, the mother of all upsets? Um, yeah, it was it was a strange one. I think, you know, I'm sure everyone, different staff on the day and different players have different perspectives over it. Uh, for me, I was, although we'd lost 2-1 at home, I think we look, we took a lot of positives from it. You know, we were 1-0 up with, again, 20 minutes to go. And the two goals we conceded, set plays, you know, were ultimately our own our own undoing, really. You know, we, we our players hadn't quite performed what we needed and we were disappointed to concede in those ways. But the performance level showed that we had a chance. It showed that we could cause them problems. It, it showed the level that we were currently playing at and... You know, what, what a lot of people get is our preparation for that game was meticulous, you know, in the the games that we played um, when we hosted, we travelled away to Aberdeen, we hosted Isle of Man, we played top, top quality opposition, which built up and everything was geared around the Kilmarnock plan, um, you know, to the point that even our manager went abroad to watch him in one of their friendlies. So, you know, we had every single bit of information we required on Kilmarnock, Again, we did the work, we did the homework, the lads worked superbly well. And when we went away to Kilmarnock, there was sort of a, a release of pressure, you know, and I think we sensed quite early on there was quite a lot of pressure on Kilmarnock. Um, and as the game, you know, materialised, they you know, arguably, our goalkeeper, Lewis Brass, has made two free fantastic saves early on. You know, and if those saves don't happen, it, it could arguably be a different story, but... As the game progressed, and you know you saw our quality then really show in the second half, the Ryan Wignall goal that we scored, the build-up play, the number of passes was was a really high level. And then at that stage, it becomes even more more nervous, really. And I think what probably happened with Kilmarnock is a draw, even though that would have put them through. Maybe, sorry, one other seat maybe would have put them through, still wouldn't have been accepted. And we felt anyway, Kilmarnock was still coming on to us. We then left for an open later on with a great break with sub Jamie Ince at the time and then fantastically taken penalty from Callum and you know at that point then unfortunately had a man sent off so we had to defend resolutely I know they were 10 men as well but you know we, we did well and you know again a, another historic win and it's hard to, to argue that that isn't the most historic win in Welsh football history you know there's been so many great wins out there and it's quite a big debate in Welsh football but 
to get that result from being 2-1 down away at a Scottish Premier League club to turn that round and actually go through in the competition was immense, you know, and uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great night for the football club and everybody involved. Absolutely, and Jamie Insel tweeted after the game, not bad for a pub team, which was great up here in Scotland. It, it gave us all a good laugh because, as I say, the Scottish media had pretty much written you off when the draw was made. It was a command that will just cruise past Connors Key on to the next round. But as I say, you more than held your own and deserved to go through in the end. Just how proud a moment. You said they're probably the best result in Wales history, which is understandable, absolutely. Looking back on that now, just how proud are you even with a with the hindsight that you've got now of, of being nearly a year down the line? Yeah, it's um I think it's one like you said, the the comments from a few people, pub team and I remember we had that when we went away to Helsinki we beat them one 0 at home, and you know, I think there was someone tagged that you know a team of farmers or whatever it was, you know Welsh um, Welsh way and everything. But it was, you know, from our side that we're really proud of the league that we play in. You know, the Welsh Premier League has has stepped up numerous levels on the pitch, off the pitch, across all sectors. You know, we're our football club. We've got free pro license holders, for example. You know, which is which a lot of Premier League Championship clubs won't have. You know, the structure that we have, our full-time model, part-time model, how it's combined, the academy structure, off-the-field programme, our detail leading into games, you know, is, is of a top, top level. I think sometimes, especially when we play in Europe, probably don't get the respect we arguably deserve. Um, but it also, there's a positive to that because it allows us opportunities to go and show what we can do and maybe teams aren't quite as prepared as what we are to them. So... Uh, you know, it always gives us a bit of an advantage, and I think we've proven over the years the Stabek result, the beating Helsinki one 0 at home, the Kilmarnock results, and even the even the defeat of in part on Belgrade. You know, to to be one 0 down at half time to a team that um, actually went into the League proper and playing team by Manchester United shows how shows how well it was done. But yeah, it was it was a, it was a great night. There's no other way for me. It's um, you know we've got lots lots of imagery at the clubhouse of of that evening and. You know, one of the most pleasing photos for me personally the night was at the end, I think we were in the Kilmarnock Bar and all our fans, all our players, all our staff, all of our committee were all together and it just really em- emphasised what the football club is all about. You know, that togetherness, the array of good people that have all built up to do something quite special and yeah, it was a, it was a memorable night. Some of the, none of everyone that was involved that night will surely never forget. Something I'd like to, to ask you about a wee bit more, just for people that aren't aware of the setup. How does the full time and part time setup work down at Coniskey? Mm-hmm. So, with um, as we transitioned <clears throat> to being a completely previously part time football club, you know we our own sort of envisioned a step to to become full time. Um, it's a challenge because straight away and quite relative to what is arguably people have probably seen the Salford documentaries uh, that have been compiled over the, over the recent years and very, very similar challenges. You know, the, the actual pool of players available at full time, although this sounds a bit strange at our level with the, with the cost that we can give is very, very small. You know, the your, your highest end top players, uh, top full timers for us are arguably a lot of younger players. As you mentioned earlier, who may be coming out of football at a much higher level from scholarship. You know, there's opportunities there and you also need to maintain that experience in that is always going to be a part-time player at, at our level. So we've got quite a balanced view here. The, the, the numbers have shifted quite a lot. I think now I would say three quarters full-time, which is great. And they follow a complete full-time programme in five days a week. Um, 
S&C programme, analysis work, individual programmes, individual training, unit training, team training, all across the week. And our two big nights of, of training on a Tuesday and Thursday, where all the lads ultimately come in at around half five and go home at around half nine because of the detail that we do. And, and that's everybody then. So our part-timers come into that group alongside a full-timers on those two evenings and a full-timers work in the days in between. So it's worked really well for us, you know, and it's something we're, it's constantly evolving. It's going to take time, you know, to, to ever get to that level of complete full-time status, you know, and that's something we've got to keep working towards. But it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a really tight challenge. Uh, we've progressed with a lot of players. It's, it's a privilege to work with a number of our players every day and see the improvement and see the mentality difference of full-timers. And as you say, we hopefully it's a, a part of the football club which will continue to grow. And, you know, the more successful we are and the more financial aid we can require, the, the more chance it has of, of having longevity. No, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. And, and this season in particular has been a really strong season for the club. You've already got the League Cup in the back in the bag, sorry. You're top of the league as it stands. What's it like working alongside Andy and Craig and how how would you sum up the season so far? Uh yeah, it's been a it's been an incredible season today. There's no there's no denying that, you know. Um our, our budget was was cut slightly this year. Still a hugely competitive budget. You know, um, but there was a challenge, and ultimately our initial remit from from owner and, and chair and whatnot was was the European football. I'm completely on track for that. What's been what's been really pleasing is that we've been actually able to mount a a realistic title challenge, which has been great. Obviously, the issues currently have, have stopped that to date, but with six games to go, being four points clear has, has been has been great, and arguably where the lads deserve to be. You know, we've had a number of games. That haven't quite gone away. Um, certain decisions, like all clubs, which might have merited us being higher in the league, you know, and even having a bigger a bigger gap between us. But four points clear with six games to go is a is a great position. Obviously, the challenge now is when we're going to come back in, and we've, we're all working towards that. But yeah, back onto onto the staffing point. You know, it's an absolute privilege for me to be working with two uh, top class, experienced coaches and players. You know, both played in the Premier League, both hold the race pro license and both have a huge amount of experience. You know, I've been fortunate enough now to work with Andy coming up to around four or five years now and um, worked alongside him and, you know, his, his knowledge, his work ethic, his morals, his detail, his professionalism are just top draw, you know, and the benefits that we've had from Connors Key are there for everyone to see. You know, the, the probably the maddest thing with Andy is that there were no club in the Football League or at least Conference or Scottish Championship have even inquired because, you know, he is of a level that is, without a doubt, going to progress as a football ladder and the day that a club of that stature change will be the day and they're going to get a lot of merit from it because he's been absolutely outstanding. So, you know, he's been great with Andy. And then obviously with Craig coming in himself, there's been another breath of fresh air and a good addition like when we hired Neil Gibson from Pistatin uh, two years prior, it's that freshness, you know, it's that new ideas, it's that it's someone that can challenge. And, and what Craig's really brought in from his own side is the, the knowledge of a full-time programme with his experience as a TNS manager, what he's gone on to win, the experience at Hartlepool, the conference, you know, and other like Andy, a hugely knowledgeable guy, top football person, and everything that he's given to the programme has, has pushed it on no end to myself personally and for having the club. So, you know, we're very, very fortunate 
as well as that, at the football club, you know, we've got really, really good long-term staff at certain level. We've got Neil Ebro, goalkeeper coach, who has been at the club around 10 years as well, and who's second to none, in my opinion, I'll be the best coach in the Welsh Premier. And when you look at the results at Kilmarnock, you look at the goalkeeper's performance in both games, that's usually down to Neil, who recruited and developed Lewis in that short period. We've got our kit man, Malata, and who's been at the club for so long. And we've got our media man, um, in Mark Rowland, who does all of our analysis work, our analysis work from there. Um, and on top of that, you've got a, a top-class sports therapist in Jeremy Banford, so, um, who does great work for all the players and, and everything they do. So we're really fortunate. You know, we've got that all together, and, and the coaching team is very, very fortunate to have all them qualities across numerous sectors, and hopefully the players get the benefits from it and, and the club and the results. You've mentioned the fact that you're four points clear, six games to go. Hopefully football will be back in the next few months to get the season tied up, and I wish you all the best for that. But the last question I've got for you, Jay, is what are the hopes and ambitions for you and the club over the next few years to come? Um, yeah, great question. I think for ourselves at the football club, we have to, at uh, all sections now, from community, academy, scholarship, first team, it, it could continue to progress to continue to push, to continue to strive for excellence across all sectors. You know, that is that is key, key. You know, one thing at this point, unfortunately, when we finish, is that, you know, currently our first team are top of their league, as are our 19s, as are our 18s, our 16s, 14s and 12s, who play in the Academy Cup, have all qualified for the finals as well. So across the board, success is there. The challenge is to, to maintain, push and progress because... You know, as we know in football, it is a it's a ruthless industry where everyone's continuing to do that. And you know, there's lots of work going on currently, already regarding next season, future years. You know, it's an unbelievable addition to the football club that Andy signed a two-year deal, which sets things up really well because to have the best manager available to us for the next two years minimum is a huge, huge statement and a huge start to build the rest. So. Yeah, you know, we, we, it's exciting. It's never been a better time to be the football club. Um, but it's also key that we continue to push, progress, challenge each other, want to push the football club even further along. And if one day that can be the, the top spot in the Welsh Premier League, then that's what, that's what we're going to aim for. Great. And what I'd like to finish with is just by, first of all, thanking you for being on the podcast, but second of all, thanking you for your incredible hospitality. When I visited the club, the club left a lasting impression on me. Really, really enjoyed um, my time there. I was really impressed with the standard of football, the the welcoming nature of your fans, your officials, and I hope to be back soon because, as I say, the club really left a, a lasting impression in me and I wish you all the best for the future. Yeah, no problem. Really appreciate it, Alan. Great work you do on the social media work. We'll have a good follow now. So, you know, you've got uh, you've got supporters in ourselves and the club as well. And as you say, always welcome at B-Side. Uh, any help we can be, Anytime in Wales, just do us a call. You know, look forward to having you again. So we'll dive down to the ocean, and we'll make our home in a deep sea cave, and our shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song. We'll dive down to the ocean, and we'll make.